how do you differentiate your company in this vastly overcrowded space? Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Better Outcome Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. And if you want to differentiate your value messaging to guide your marketing, your sales, and your product content, in other words, if you want to align your, maybe it's a technology, your device, your healthcare organization with your targeted stakeholders so that you can create a consistent message to drive business development strategy for that specific targeted market, then check out the positioning alignment alignment workshops. So you can find that out at positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. And basically what the healthcare positioning alignment workshop does is it helps you answer the question, value to whom? Obviously, there's four different stakeholders, especially here in the U.S., within the healthcare industry. And depending on which stakeholder you're targeting, they're going to value things or place more weight on certain aspects of your product, your solution, or your service. So if you want to develop an effective value proposition for that target market, it all starts with answering the question, value to whom? So narrowing down that question, helps you have a clearer idea of how your technology, your device, your software, your solution, or your service is positioned to solve the problems faced by that specific stakeholder. Again, if you want to learn more about that, check out the Healthcare Positioning Alignment Workshop at positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. That's positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. Or you can just shoot us an email at info at rehabupracticesolutions.com and we'll answer your questions, get you squared away, get you on the schedule. Alrighty. This week, we are diving into, well, sort of a myriad of questions and topics and discussion points around just this, differentiating your uh, product, your company, your solution within this gravely saturated healthcare technology, and we'll call it the innovation, the healthcare innovation market. Been having a lot of conversations recently with clients and prospects around this idea of, okay, we've got this solution, we've got this tool, maybe it's a device or a software, or maybe it's just an innovative approach to treatment, and we know it provides value. Uh, We just don't know how to differentiate ourselves, how to step above the noise, if you would, to target those people that would be most uh, best positioned, if you would, to get the benefit from this product or this service. So the question is, a couple questions, like how do you differentiate your your software specifically in a, in a, in a crowded healthcare tech uh, market? Um, how do you gain traction within this healthcare market, especially if you're in technology or devices or something like that? I mentioned some effective marketing techniques specifically for 
innovative healthcare companies, whether they be devices or softwares or even provider organizations, this would work. Uh, I answered the question again, what are, what are some of those strategies to help you stand out in the healthcare market, um, especially when it's crowded in your specific niche? And a lot of these come from questions that I've been asked either on calls with clients or on calls with prospects. And I use, um, I use Insight Voice, which is a company that was created and started by a buddy of mine, Matthew. And basically, it's video-based content creation. So it, you can input your question. A lot of times what I do is I'll go in and be like, oh, you know, so-and-so asked me this question the other day, and I'll input it into the, into the system. I'll answer that question on camera. And then the software itself, Inside Voice, will generate different kinds of and forms of content, whether it be a YouTube video or a LinkedIn post or something like that. So that's how I create a lot of my content. Um, but I find that it's a really good way to kind of use it as a, a repository for all these ideas and all these questions that get asked during calls with clients and things like that. So um, I'll leave a link if you're interested uh, in the show notes uh, about Inside Voice if you want to check it out. Um, but basically, all of these, uh, all the the topics that I cover in this week's episode, it's going to sound like I'm introing it with a question and then answering it, and it you know might not flow because it's not all going to be one conversation. It's actually like nine separate videos that I recorded over time, and now I'm stitching the audio of them together so that you kind of get the idea. Walking through, okay, how do we differentiate ourselves? How do we gain some traction in the market? How do we uh, step above the the competition? How do we gain traction? How do we create an effective value proposition? Um, or how can a, an effective value proposition help you attract customers? Obviously, that seems like an easy one, but I, I cover it anyways. Um, and then some proven methods that some of my clients, my successful clients, have used to get their maybe their first handful of clients in the door or to scale after they've gotten early success with uh, some of their early customers and I replicate that if you would. So I talk about that and then the last couple questions are all about data. How can uh, healthcare innovative healthcare companies either providing a, a software or device or something like that use data, the data that they're collecting as a marketing tool to both drive new business, provide additional value to the healthcare industry. And then uh, I, I advocate a lot for using it as a, a way of, of content creation. So um, like I said, nine questions that have been asked uh, in calls with clients or prospects over the last several months. And I figured, why don't I just stitch these all together in an episode for, for the listeners so you can hopefully have an idea of kind of my approach to it and maybe glean some ideas for your own business if you're in the healthcare technology or innovation space and you're looking for ways to drive new business for your organization. Again, selfless plug here. Um, I do help companies with that, specifically in the musculoskeletal and the allied health space. So if you have a software or a device um, or a solution that you're trying to um, get into the hands of, let's say, physical therapists, chiropractors, orthopedics even, you know, orthopedic surgeons or something like that, um, check out what we do. You can you can learn more about it. I mentioned at the beginning, uh, the positioning alignment workshop is a good place to start. Or you can just go to the website, rehabupracticesolutions.com, click on what we do and kind of read about it. So that's it. Without further ado, here are those nine questions that I was asked over the last several months um, about 
differentiating yourself, gaining market traction, and then leveraging the data that you're gathering through users in order to drive more business and scale. So I was talking to somebody the other day and they asked me how to differentiate a software product or uh, digital health technology or something like that within the healthcare industry. Like how do you differentiate your company in this vastly overcrowded space? Um, and I thought about it for a second. I think there's really a couple different ways you can do this. The first way involves uh, talking about value and not just abstractly talking about value, but talking about value in specific. And what I mean by that is, let's say your technology company is saving clinicians time and that's able to increase their fee billing for per patient or something like that. And you've got some numbers associated with that. Being radically open with those numbers and telling patient or prospective clients, like this is how many patients you're seeing every month. Um, this is how many patients or how many hours or, or minutes or whatever that your clinicians are spending on those uh, non-billable activities, the documentation, the coding, whatever. And we're able to shave that off in, in this percentage and that's gonna save you X, Y, Z that either saves you money or it helps you bill more, uh, spend more time on productive, uh, productive means. That's great. Um, and being open with that and taking a, instead of like this huge, almost like super scalable, uh, low touch point uh, sales cycle with uh, clinical organizations and taking more of a consultative approach, like a consultative selling approach where you're sitting down, you're figuring out the organization, you're making sense whether, you know, trying to make sense of whether or not it even makes uh, financial sense for this organization to go with you or not. And being discerning from the beginning is going to differentiate you at some level because you're not just another SaaS company. You're looking at their specific situation. You're talking real value, real dollars, real cents, and what you think your organization is be able to provide for theirs. That's the first way. The second way, and this is really on the features and the build side, is ease of use and integration, right? How many pieces of software or technology um, uh, solutions are out there now in healthcare, and they're super siloed, right? Maybe you can get some sort of integration built in, and I know there's a lot of opportunities out there now with bridge and arrow health and stuff like that where you can get apis overlaid on like emrs for example something like that where you're not making the client or the potential client choose between your uh, software solution and their entire emr system or something like that something that integrates smoothly is going to differentiate your product among the vast array of the other ones because if you can take away and cut away some of those extra steps in the workflow by an integration that's something that's worth exploring from an investment side of things, right? Like if you can make it easier, decrease the friction, you're gonna have an easier time selling your product or your service. So those are two very quick ways that just kind of came to my head when I was having this conversation the other day, um, trying to find a way to integrate if possible, and then really taking a value-based approach in your, um, in your sales and your business development conversations that you're having with organizations. So how do you gain traction in the healthcare technology market? Specifically, if you're a startup, you're you're just getting some clients in some organizations under your, your belt, so to speak, and you're serving them and you're seeing the, the, the outcomes, what you're producing, the value you can expect to create for them, et cetera, et cetera. I think one of the bigger mistakes you can make in this stage of, the, of your startup is taking it and just hitting the sprint button and just trying to get as many clients onboarded as possible in order to hit your, you know, your MRR goals or, or whatever it is. 
much better, especially in healthcare, because healthcare is a little bit more of a complex uh, marketplace than you know retail sales or something like that. What you want to do, and what I tell all my clients to do, is you want to take your time with, let's say, the first half dozen, dozen clients that you bring on board to figure out a few things. And those things are um, training and onboarding, um, engagement and utilization, and then maybe some bug fixing, but really the value you can create in real specific numbers. So what do I mean by that? Um, training and onboarding, especially for technology companies, clinicians get stuck in their way of doing things. Um, you know, I'm a clinician. I, I do this too. Like I have my workflow and I like my workflow and I don't want anything to get, you know, anything, even if it's purported to, to make my life easier. I don't know it. I don't really want to use it. I have something that's working for me and I'm trying to hit productivity and, and whatever. Um, being able to take the time to figure that piece out specifically for how your software, your technology, your your solution fits into the context of an existing clinical workflow helps you answer some of those questions and overcome some of those objections or barriers that you'll see in step number two, which is the whole idea of utilization and engagement. If the clinicians find it too cumbersome, or if you haven't addressed something that's super simple, but that is a big uh, deal in the mind of the clinicians using your software, they're not going to use it, or they're, you're going to get lackluster results. So by figuring out step one, you can, you can kind of jump ahead of step two. And then using that time for the those initial, like I said, half dozen, dozen clients or so, to really get specific on the value you create in the ROI, in the dollars and cents, so you can go to, to more clients over time or prospective clients and say, listen, we did this with uh, a clinic very similar to yours and these are these were their numbers and this is the the outcome we we provided for them. Not saying that we can do it for you, but that's an example of, of past of past performance. So taking care of those three things really helps you gain traction in the healthcare technology market because once you have a firm foundation of your onboarding, your training, um, how you're going to overcome those barriers to utilization and then being able to demonstrate value, it's going to feed into the all of the other business development and scaling strategies that you're going to hit, your sales, your conversations, your demos, et cetera, et cetera. So handle those three things and then move on to scaling once you have a good firm foundation. So what are some effective marketing techniques for innovative healthcare companies, whether it be a device, a technology, a platform, software, whatever? Um, what are some effective marketing techniques specific to healthcare? I think, and I mentioned this a while back, maybe on the podcast or maybe on, a, on an article on the website, a lot of the value that some of that these organizations, you know, innovative healthcare companies, technology device companies, et cetera, bring to the table is the ability to get insight and gain insight into data, right? Because if you have good data, you can make good decisions from an organizational standpoint, whether it be for revenue cycle management or clinical outcomes or operations, whatever. Um, having good data helps you make those decisions better. What some uh, companies are doing, which I think is really, really cool, is they're kind of removing some of the, the opaqueness. They're increasing the transparency into some of that, um, the, the ways you might be able to leverage data. And they're using real data from all of their clients, for example, or from all, from their testing to create benchmarks. And then they're able to use um, that data, those benchmarks to drive sales conversations and marketing conversations, right? So a clear example would be like, maybe your, um, your deliver, your software, your tool, or your device helps clinicians treat patients with upper extremity dysfunction or something like that. 
and you have data from maybe 5, 10, 15 of your early clients, um, which numbers so many hundreds of patients or however many patient uh, encounters or visits or plans of care, and you've come up with some kind of benchmark alignment, right? Like you can say, okay, based off of you know these diagnoses or whatever, we'd expect you know 10 visits of, of therapy or five visits of therapy or whatever it is. And you can begin to have prospects almost search like how how often should I see a patient for shoulder pain? Oh well, you know ABC Solution has this benchmark, and they've done it on so many clinics and so many hundreds of patients, and it shows that it should be this. So you're driving some of that organic traffic that you're going to get from people just searching things. Another one um, that I've seen is around billing and revenue cycle management and understanding you know cost per visit, revenue per visit. Um, and if you're able to benchmark some of that nationally and then kind of give people um, some insight into that, obviously clinicians and clinical organizations are looking for that data anyways. Um, and it just helps you become uh, easier to get found if you're delivering some of that data in an anonymized way that's benchmarked, obviously, uh, because it gives you a little bit more authority in the space. People know that, okay, this, per this, this organization knows how to manage the data and they, they know how to use it and how it's going to help us you know, improve our bottom line, improve margins or improve clinical outcomes. So think about something, some way that you have data or that you're collecting or gathering data that can then be used for you know, essentially content marketing for the for your target art for your target audience. So, what are some strategies to help uh, innovative healthcare companies, maybe software solutions or devices or something like that, stand out in this saturated market? One of the best ways that I've seen with some of my clients and even some other just startups in the in the healthcare space that are doing really really well is their ability to leverage maybe their data or specific, like unique insights of theirs into content that prospects will find valuable. So for example, if you have a wide range, uh, a wide range of data for reimbursement rates or denial rates, or maybe even clinical outcomes and benchmarks, and you're able to take that and put that into a format where your ideal prospect is going to find that as something unique and valuable, some piece of content that they will you know, they'll click on, they'll download, they'll subscribe to whatever it is, you can begin attracting a lot of inbound leads simply by providing, you know, taking the data that you have and using it in a way that is going to be valuable to your prospects and then attracts them to you. They're going to know, they're going to, you know, recognize the value you bring to the table. And then it will also give you the opportunity to really share your and express your point of view on how you think, Maybe your solution fits into the vision that healthcare should be in the future or something like that. People are very attracted to points of view. But what I always tell people is if you have some data, if you have something of value that maybe you're just sitting on, find a way to take that insight, that data, whatever it is, and turn it into a piece of content that your ideal customer is going to find valuable. All right. So how do you stand out in the crowded healthcare tech digital health market? Um, if you ask me, it all comes down to really an effective value proposition and effective positioning strategy. So if you think about the four stakeholders of healthcare, you've got the patient, the provider, the payer, and the policymaker. Uh, really what you need to do, and one of the guests on the podcast said this a year and a half ago, and I still say it now, is you need to really answer the question, value to whom, specifically to whom? Um, because even within, say, the provider 
uh, that one P of healthcare, maybe you're going to go after you have a solution or device or something that you're going to sell to providers. Even within that P, there's a lot of whom's in there, right? And by narrowing down the value to whom question, to whom is this service or solution or device really valuable for, uh, then you're able to position what you do and how you do it in a way that will solve maybe a big problem, a pain point for this specific whom. So it all starts with finding out value to whom, answering the value to whom question, and then moving on from there. Okay, so in digital health or healthcare technology, how does developing an effective value propositioning and positioning strategy help attract customers in this very overcrowded uh, healthcare tech you know, market that we're in today? I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is trying to go too broad. And I talk to people a lot of time that are involved in early stage startups, maybe late stage startups, and their technology, their solution, their service, their device really does have a lot of use cases, a lot of implications. Like it can be used on this side, on the payer side, it can be used for research, it can be used on the patient side. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is trying to go too broad because there's a lot of noise in the healthcare and the digital health market. So what we need to do is drill down specifically, kind of corner one of those areas and then move on to others. So um, especially in healthcare, you've got the four main stakeholders, the patient, the provider, the policymaker, and, um, and the payer. So depending on who your main focus is, you need to answer that question, value to whom, value to that stakeholder, that specific stakeholder, and then you build your positioning, your messaging around what that specific stakeholder considers valuable in this use case or in this scenario. And then that in and of itself, if you're speaking directly to that ideal prospect in that ideal time, they're going to see that what you provide is valuable or at least worth checking out. And that's going to drive some inbound for you. It's going to drive some of those conversations. But you're not going to get there if you're trying to be all things to all people. So positioning, like I, I'm not the one who made this up, but I heard it once and it, it makes a lot of sense that positioning, the act of positioning strategy is the act of saying no. It is cutting away and saying, we do not do this for this person. We do not do this for this person. We do X for why we provide this specific service for this specific stakeholder in healthcare in this case. And that is what builds a successful uh, positioning strategy. And that's what helps you stand out in this crowded market. So what are some methods for increasing your solution, your company's visibility in, and awareness in this crowded healthcare technology market? Obviously, everybody's talking about digital health. Everybody's talking about healthcare technology. How do you stand out? There's a couple different ways to do this, especially if you're in the stage of like, we're ready to sell our product or service. Um, there's the whole, let's look at, and I mentioned this before, we're going to take our unique insights, maybe our data that we've benchmarked, that we've developed some kind of proprietary tool around, and we're going to use that as a lead magnet. You know, we're going to provide something of value. Um, maybe it's a piece of content, maybe it's a, a series of articles or videos, or even some kind of downloadable tool or something like that. And that's going to drive some inbound traffic for us. The other thing, which I think is taking more of a uh, and will take more uh, of a prominent role here in the near future is this whole idea of we are not only subject now to like B2B marketing because of social media and everything. B2C2B is very effective. So if you can begin, if maybe this works very well for devices or things like that, if you have a device that 
qualifies for maybe some kind of reimbursable codes attached to it, or and it also helps with the managing patient care volume or something like that. It is, it is something that has value to provide that's who you want to sell it to, but patients are going to like using it as well. Marketing directly to patients is going to be effective because then the patients come in and they're telling your ideal prospect, like, listen, I saw this ad on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and it looks like something that might really benefit you know, my hand arthritis or, or whatever. Um, can, can you get it for me or something like that? And then you're going to drive some of those inbound leads specifically by targeting their their target market. You're helping your target market help their target market, which is awesome. So just two different ways that I see uh, viable options for increasing your visibility and awareness in this in this crowded digital digital healthcare market. So how can software companies or technology companies leverage data analytics to gain traction in the crowded healthcare space? I think of this as two ways. Obviously, the first one, low-hanging fruit here would be like clinical decision-making aids, right? So based off of this going on or these diagnoses, um, you know, this is the workflow or this is some clinical, these are some clinical options that you might choose given for this patient, right? Um, and that's kind of low-hanging fruit. I think that's kind of like the one that most people can jump to. Just logically, it makes sense. The other one, though, that I think takes a little bit more maybe nuance about it is data analytics and leveraging the 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 data for that specific clinic that specific organization for both things like clinical outcomes clinical decision making still but then also operational metrics and operational outcomes you know patient engagement scheduling um you name it if you can look at maybe a clinic's data going back for the last six months and say hey in your specific patients your patient population, every time a patient displayed X, Y, and Z over the course of you know three weeks or whatever, I'm thinking PT or OT like that, they're more likely to miss their next visit or they're most likely to no-show and triggering clinicians to be able to say, hey, you know, Rafi looks like he's gonna, he's at risk of dropping off your schedule. He's at risk of becoming disengaged and just and leaving. Those types of uh aids that's based off of the value or the, the data that you're getting from those patients at that one clinic really can help drive value for that organization. And then they're going to see more of a reason to keep you on board, right? If they can say, okay, not only is this software providing some, you know, maybe it's an EMR, it's a documentation, whatever it is, but they're also giving us key insights into our patient population and helping us make uh, decisions that are both going to drive clinical outcomes for the patients, but then also drive profitability for the organization, that's all great. It's all gravy. So why is having strong data analytics capabilities essential, not just for technology companies or innovative healthcare uh, technology companies in the healthcare space, but for clinical organizations as well? What I always tell people, and I was just lecturing about this at the university uh, the other day, is that the value in healthcare, a lot of the value in healthcare comes from the data and we can derive it from the data. So whether it be entering into uh, new reimbursement schemes, value-based reimbursement or, uh, organizations or value-based reimbursement arrangements, lump sum, shared savings, whatever it is, the ability to leverage on the clinical side and the clinical organization side to leverage that data to manage those patients in a way that's profitable and that still leads to optimal clinical outcomes is huge. And the same thing for operations, for even for marketing, right? Like I'm a, I'm formerly like a big marketing dude and 
If we didn't have data, you can't make decisions, right? So the ability not only to just collect a bunch of data, but then use that data in a way that helps you make good decisions, not just for the organization, not just for the clinics, but you know, for, for all the, the stakeholders involved, right? Especially if you're involved in a value-based arrangement, you want to be able to make those decisions that are going to improve clinical outcomes, but also drive some value for the payers um, so that you can all benefit from that organization or that, that arrangement. So strong data analytics capabilities. If it's not already essential in your organization yet, it's going to be as we move farther and farther into, into the next five, six, seven years, as the ability to collect and utilize and display and visualize that data becomes easier, more efficient and cheaper, right? And you can use that data, like I said, for clinical outcomes, clinical decision-making, for operational or organizational change, and then revenue cycle management. So strong data analytics should be a key component of any technology or tool or um device or you know innovation in healthcare like it should all be based off of the data not that people are just numbers and figures and all that but data strong data helps you make good clinical decisions and then you can obviously apply those clinical decisions or the apply the the results or the inferences you get from that data on specific patients in a specific situation and really without getting too into the weeds, like the ability to analyze data can really help you deliver more individualized patient care anyways, which hopefully will lead to all those other things, better clinical outcomes, improved efficiency, uh, improved profitability, all of that. But it all starts with understanding the data and understanding how to use that data to make decisions. Well, hopefully you enjoyed those stitched together nine answers to nine common questions I get asked frequently on either positioning alignment workshops or just engagements with, with clients or prospects. Listening back to it, I think the main theme, and you don't need to be a super big genius to, uh, to, to hone in on it, positioning really is key and not just the like academically i think the best analogy of this i heard is in the book uh the business of expertise by david c baker so i'm going to give him full credit because i did not think of this but i i thought it was pretty hilarious so he talks about positioning um of a, a service firm or whatever he's talking about positioning your services and he said having a strong internal positioning is like wetting yourself in a dark suit. You get a warm feeling, but nobody really notices, which I, which I think is hilarious. But it is it illustrates the point that you can't just have this position in your mind where, okay, this software or this solution or this device or this technology or even this treatment method is going to be effective for these people or this type of people or this targeted stakeholder in healthcare and then kind of build your marketing campaigns or your messaging very broadly because you want to catch as many potential revenue sources as possible. Um, because again, if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. One of the big things, especially in healthcare, is that depending on who you're talking to, you're going to have vastly different so, uh, pieces of the solution. Maybe it's a feature, maybe it's a benefit, maybe it's even the value that it's creating is going to be different for different stakeholders. A simple, simple example is just um, maybe the difference between a health insurance company or a third-party payer and the provider itself, especially in fee-for-service healthcare. 
oftentimes financial incentives are opposed, right? If a if a clinician or provider organization is going to bill more, usually that means the payer is going to have to pay more. And there's that tension between you know decreasing healthcare spend and increasing the revenue for the for the uh, provider organization, and especially in fee for service, is very difficult to do both. You can't both increase the revenue that that provider is going to get from Blue Cross Blue Shield, for example, without also increasing the amount of revenue that Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to pay. Which is why some of these new projects and explorations into you know shared savings and other value based reimbursement schemes are starting to creep into the into the crop. Um, but that's just a simple example that. Depending on who you're talking to, a feature for one stakeholder or a benefit for one stakeholder might actually be a cost for another stakeholder. So you need to be able to not only identify that and speak about it to your prospects, your ideal prospect, but you want to be very clear and upfront about that in in the marketing messaging that you're putting out there. Maybe it's on the website, maybe it's on your social media or, or whatever, your outreach. Because what is often the case is that the I said it on uh, when I was on uh, Jimmy McKay's podcast, which should be coming out soon. The PT Pintcast uh, uh, podcast, PT Pintcast podcast, or whatever. Um, it should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'll share the link on via email when it does come out. But I said the riches are in the niches, and that again is not my idea. That somebody somebody else said that, uh, maybe a famous digital marketer or something like that. Said so the riches are in the niches, and what I found over my relatively short career. I've only been doing, I've only been in healthcare for about 11, 12 years. I've been doing the consulting since 2017. So you're talking, you know, seven years of that. Um, there are people that have decades and decades of experience, and I'm sure that they would, um, just in my conversations with them, kind of verify this, uh, that if you are positioned very well in a specific, maybe area of expertise or domain, um, you don't need to sound like you're providing all things to all people because the 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 people that will buy from you that might not be directly in your niche but that could benefit from the services you provide or the solution or the tool will do the mental gymnastics on their own if they're tangential to you and you're not they're not really your ideal target market but they think you can provide benefit their own minds will create that connection for them so you don't have to worry about drawing all these you know, increasing circles. In my mind, positioning really is getting down to drawing smaller circles around who your your target audience is. And when you get to that, the smallest circle where you have maybe the the least amount of competition, but the highest amount of uh, market potential, revenue potential for you, that's kind of where you want to be, right? So you don't need to worry about drawing a bigger and bigger and bigger circle because there are a lot of people, a lot of audiences that are in tangential circles that will see what you do, see the benefit from there and reach out to you. A perfect example of this is when I first started consulting, a lot of my work, basically all of my work, was patient engagement strategies specifically for healthcare organizations. I was giving uh, trainings and talks and doing strategic projects with healthcare organizations specifically around the idea of of no-shows, of patient retention, of a quality improvement, patient experience, patient engagement and adherence, all of that kind of stuff. And one thing led to another over, you know, 2020, as as that pandemic came into place and a lot of people were going virtual, 
um, a lot of my work ended up shifting to organizations that were becoming virtual first or were trying to add virtual healthcare and service delivery as part of their service offering. And that morphed into doing a lot of work with healthcare software and technology and device companies. Um, but it was because it started out as, okay, this organization was looking at implementing some technology of virtual-based care, and they needed to find a way to do it that was that didn't really impact patient experience or engagement. So it was just natural to kind of reach out to me for that. Uh, maybe some of them had worked with me in the past, and we just kind of reconnected and, and did a project on, you know, we called it the telehealth roadmap at the time. Um, and that kind of morphed into this whole other area of work now where I don't think I've worked with a, a frontline healthcare organization in the last, I don't know, couple years maybe. I feel like a lot of my work has all been the telehealth stuff, the, the telehealth roadmap and virtual care, um, operational procedures and just the, the operation side of doing virtual health. And then all of the healthcare technology and innovation work I've been doing since, since 2022, really. So, and that's just an example of, I had this niche, I had this, uh, positioning in patient engagement strategy. And there were a lot of other organizations that were tangential to that, that weren't worried about drop-offs and no-shows, but were worried about maybe um, staff onboarding and utilization, integration into workflows, all of that with the idea of humanizing healthcare. And it all kind of blended in wealth for me. And now, like if you go to the website now, rehabupracticesolutions.com, I still talk about patient engagement strategy because that's a lot of what I, that's the lens through which I view healthcare technology, devices, and innovation is, okay, how does this tool, this device, this software not only improve efficiency and clinical decision-making and even revenue for organizations, but what does this mean for the patient who's receiving care? How does this make healthcare a less of a cumbersome process or experience? So anyways, that's just a simple example, but I've rambled on enough. If you like the show, I used to say head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review, but we've got a, got a lot of ratings there. A review would be nice. Um, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, but share the show with somebody that you think might find it beneficial, valuable, or interesting, or entertaining. I don't know. Um, that's really what, what uh, drives a lot of the growth here, is y'all sharing it. If you've got a question, an episode idea or a topic you want to cover, or maybe someone that you want to have on the show, maybe you've, you've got a guest or somebody that you want to hear from on a certain topic, shoot us an email, info at rehabupracticesolutions.com, or you can go to the website betteroutcomes.show and there's a form down there. You can fill it out, give us uh, maybe the topic that you want covered or the question you want answered, or maybe the guest that you want to promote onto the show and we'll, we'll do our best to make it happen. Um, until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.